Welcome to the resting place, okay? The Spirit is Lord. Amen? Did you know God is Spirit? <laughs> Vital to understand. And last week, the Lord, who is the Spirit, really put it on uh, Tracy Irwin, who was just up here, her heart to speak on prayer. And this is something that's been highlighted to many of us over the last few weeks. And she did a great job. If you heard it, you know. Didn't she do an amazing job? Just wonderful. It's on our YouTube channel. It's on our podcast. If you haven't caught it yet, you need to go listen to that. And really just opening up uh, what prayer is. And I just, I actually went to a conference this week locally here at South Bay Church with Dr. Clint Ferris and uh, Pastor David Spiker. They're amazing people. I love them so much. And I learned a lot. And one of the, one of the sessions, he talked about prayer. So just, we're following the Holy Ghost, you know, goose chase here, right? We're just following the breadcrumbs. I'm like, ah, she, when the prophet is like the Lord is speaking on prayer, you listen, you know, you listen. And then when someone else who's not related to that is like, I really feel like you all need to understand prayer in a new way. I'm like, okay, I'm listening, Lord. So today we're going to talk about prayer and we're going to, we're actually going to uh, deepen, hopefully, our understanding together of what prayer is, okay, of what it actually is. Did you know there are various kinds of prayer? And I'm not just talking about like tongues, no tongues. That's most people's context for various kinds of prayer. They think, oh yeah, there's praying tongues and then there's praying. It's actually way deeper than that. There's way more than that, okay? We're going to walk through that, but first I want you to understand, 1 John 5.14 is kind of like the measuring stick for our prayers, for New Testament prayer. 1 John 5, 14 says, and this is the confidence that we have toward him, God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Say amen. amen. It says this is the confidence. I want you to walk away today with a little more confidence that when you ask things according to his will, he hears you. And that word hears is not just, oh, I heard. It's actually active listening. He's actually participating. He's saying yes. When he hears you, when God in heaven hears you, it means that he is responding as well as hearing. Do you understand? It's not just a passive, yeah, I heard him. Gabriel, you heard that? Michael, you heard that? Okay, we heard him. No, it's he hears you. He's going to move on it. Amen? When we pray according to his will. So when we ask anything according to his will. That being the measuring stick, I want to go through a few kind of... Um, well, a couple of words in the Greek here and categories that can help you understand and deepen your, maybe your understanding of prayer. Sound good? Okay. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 through 4. This is, uh, this one gets whipped out every political season, you know, for, but it actually has some stuff in there that's for every season, all right? This is Paul writing to his spiritual son, Timothy, all right? And he says, first of all, say first of all. He says, first of all, then I urge, say urge. urge. Say, this is urgent. urgent. Say, this is first and urgent. This is first and urgent. I like to read my Bible with my brain turned on. I like to, like, digest these things. I like to think about what's going on. He said, first of all. Okay, yeah, this is important. I urge you. Oh, this is urgent. You know, I mean, I've been talking like this the last few weeks to all of you, all y'all, because I think we need to think more when we read. I think we need to be turning our brain that God gave us on. I think we need to use it. You know, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. The word truth is logic. Jesus is logic. He might not be your form of lower logic, but he is true logic. The logos, the word, I am truth. Truth is a person. It's very logical to walk in the truth. It's logic. It's logical to get 
whacked on the floor sometimes. Like the kabod, the glory of God comes in. That's the truth. That's the person of truth coming in, literally resting on you. If that's never happened and you want to just say, Lord, me too, right here. Draw a target on your head. Hit me, ghost. Hit me, Holy Ghost. You know, just go ahead. Yeah. All right. First of all, then I urge that, listen to this, supplications, plural, prayers, plural, intercessions, plural, and thanksgivings, plural, be made for all people. For kings and all who are in high positions, that way we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. This is good, and it is pleasing in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He doesn't just desire each one to be saved, just you know, say a prayer. We want to come to the knowledge of the truth. Be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen. What is truth? That's the wrong question. Who is truth? Truth is a person. When Pilate asked that, just a little Bible nerd out moment here. When Pilate asked what is truth to Jesus before his, uh, in his trial and all that stuff, Jesus didn't answer because he's asking the wrong question. Who is truth? It's not what is true, it's who is true. Who, not what. Truth is a person. All right, that was extra. That was side Side extra, totally free for all of you. When it says, I urge that all these things happen, he says, for all people. Now, that doesn't mean you have to pray for every single person. Someone say amen. <laughs> you don't have to pray for every person on the planet. Like, whoo, I thought this was urgent and I had to pray for everyone. <laughs> oh, thank God. You know, and it doesn't even mean you have to pray for every single person you've ever met or even every person, you know, in your church or what have you. It's actually the Greek for all kinds of people. I urge that you pray, make these prayers for all kinds of people. Let me help you. That means don't let their kind stop you from praying for them. Fill in the blank on the kind thing. Whether they're kind or unkind, whatever kind they are, don't let their kind stop you from praying. Like fill in the blank. Oh, they're just that kind of person. Oof, Lord have mercy. Nope. Get them, Jesus. I don't know. I don't know. But no, make these fervent prayers for all kinds of people. It doesn't stop there. For all kind, when it says all kings, all those in authority, all who are in high position, it's the same word. All kinds of people in authority. Are you picking up what I'm putting down right now? All kinds, like they're whatever, they believe in this or that, their platform, their position, you know, what they're doing. All kinds. Don't let their kind of position or their kind of whatever stop you from praying for them. He desires all kinds of people to be saved, and come to the knowledge of the truth. Amen? So when it says this, it says, I urge that supplications, supplications, is that, do we do that at supper? What is that? You know what I mean? Like, what is that? Is anyone, anyone, you know, I hope this is helpful today that we actually go a little deeper into prayer because a lot of times we're just like, let's pray about it. And we just kind of have one mode of prayer. But there are many different kinds of prayer, a variety of kinds of prayer. They're actually weapons in your tool belt. They're actually tools for you to fight with. Okay, and you need all of them. Supplications. This is the word that means to make earnest treaty, to beseech, even to beg. Literally to pour oneself out begging, like, please, I have a, I have a four-year-old. He supplicates for the TV. He makes supplication that we watch. I'm not going to say the shows because whatever, I'll get judged on live stream for whatever. <laughs> He's like, oh, please, 
please, can we watch TV, please? He's begging it. He's supplicating. That's what the word means. And if you have a child there, you know, you know how to supplicate because they do it all the time. All right. I, yeah, I do it pretty often as well. But this idea of supplication is for you. Say it's for me. It is. And it's not really like popular in our circles to travail, to weep, to, to really to make supplications is not popular. We're the happy Jesus people. We're the come in, we have the victory, everything's good. Oh, it's amazing. Jesus has won. It's finished. It is finished. Everything. If it's an it, it's finished. Yes. So we don't even need to really ask for anything. Kind of get out of bounds sometimes. This house, this house loves truth intention. Okay? We like the tightrope of truth. We like all sides of it. We want to get biblical. Okay? Are you with me? So it is right to beg God on behalf of others. It's not right to beg God for your selfish desires, if you have them. It is right to supplicate and beg the Lord to deliver, to save, to bring people to the knowledge of the truth, to heal. The word travail in the Greek is actually an extension of supplication. So how many know that word, travail? Travailing is like getting gripped and weeping and sometimes even just, you know, not words, just moaning, crying. I mean, you're like, yeah, sign me up for that prayer meeting. I'm all about it. No, this, no. I know. It's like not a popular form of prayer. And someone starts doing it, and everybody else is like, oh, God. Let's back out of the room quietly. Because real supplication is intense. It's intense. And he says, I urge you. I urge you to make supplications, plural, many kinds of begging. Now, you are not a beggar, but you are called to beg. Not because God needs you to beg, but this is an act of love to beg on behalf of the hurting. Come on. If your heart is moved, you're going to pray a certain way. I've heard it said this way, and it's one of those dicey ones, whatever. Receive it or flesh it, whatever. I've heard it said that if your prayers don't move you, they won't move God. Thank you, Jesus, for today. My food, amen, my family, amen. He's like, you're welcome. Doesn't seem like you really. He's not grumpy, but I mean, really, if someone came up to me and said, Caleb, thank you for that message and for studying, you know, for hours and bringing it to us. Thank I appreciate it. Thanks. I'd be like, I don't know what to do with that. <laughs> I don't know how to respond to you. You know, and I think it's a little bit like that. I'm finite. He's not. I'm just saying it's a little like that. Okay, to travail, to pour oneself out. Imagine you, you're full and you have to pour yourself out on behalf of people in, in high authority and people in your life, all kinds of people. This is a command of the Lord. Does that already extend your prayer life right there a little bit? Yeah. Now, don't take any burden. You know, that is his yoke is easy. Or burden is light. His yoke is easy, right? So don't overburden yourself with these things. But know that it is true that we are called to make supplications for every kind of person and every kind of authority. I don't want to, no, Lord. This is where I argue with Jesus. I know. I just don't want to say it. 
Okay, if you don't supplicate for the president, shut up. Shut up. Stop talking about anything until you supplicate. It says, first of all, I urge that supplications, it's in order on purpose. Are you begging God on his behalf? If the answer is no, stop talking. You're not qualified to talk about him until you supplicate for him. So, he's so political. Here it is. They're going to clip it. It's going to be there. It's going to happen. Lord, you did this. <sighs> Pour yourself out for all kinds of people, all kinds of leaders. Amen? Say, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I struggle with that one because I'm a happy guy, you know? I, love, I start talking to Jesus and I get really happy, you know? And I just start like experiencing the Lord. That's actually the word prayers there, supplication, prayers. The next one is actually the most common word used for prayer. And it means to pray or to speak to, but it actually is the word for communing, to commune, to seek face to face. So to get face to face with Jesus. So you're supposed to pour yourself out entreating the Lord, beseeching the Lord on behalf of others. And you're supposed to get face to face with him and experience that holy communion with God. Now, that's where I get happy, right? I mean, I just like, I don't know if you've seen him, but I have Jesus is beautiful. And you can't look in his eyes and not have hope. You can't look in his face and not have joy. It actually says in his presence, there is fullness of joy. Did you know the word presence isn't there? It's actually face. In his face, there's fullness of joy. The only way you can be in his presence is to pray to commune, to get face-to-face -face with God. Again, this is what we most often use in Scripture, and it's what we most often mean. I'm going to go speak to God. I'm going to have a meeting with God, right? I'm going to go see what he feels about this, right? That's what we mean by prayer. But obviously, you can tell there's so much more than that, right? So if you, um, well, I'm not going to do that. It's fine. Uh, the third kind there, intercessions, plural, is actually to meet in conference or consultation, all right? Coaching is a big thing now, you know, having, you know, conference calls and having a coach on the other side of the world because of Zoom and all that, you know? You need to have a conference call with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> you need to consult with the Lord. That's what intercession is. You need to get into God's prayer meeting, all right? Did you know that two-thirds of the Trinity is praying for you right now? Romans 8 says the Holy Spirit is praying for you with groans inutterable. And then later it says Jesus makes intercession on behalf of the saints. It says always making intercession. Listen, two-thirds of the Trinity is praying for you and the other third is answering. You're gonna be fine. Maybe you should stop praying for you and pray for somebody else. It doesn't say supplicate for thine own self. It says all kinds of people. You're a people, I get it. But the point is, pray for someone. A lot of our prayer life is about me, myself, and I. I need this, I need that. You're called to make supplications, prayers, and intercession. Get into God's prayer meeting. Dr. Ferris this week, he said, I think it's, it really, he said, it really annoys me and irks me when people ask the Holy Spirit to come to their prayer meeting when they're unwilling to go to his. Like the next time you want to intercede, next time you feel like you should intercede, just slow down and like get a vision of 
God praying, Jesus and the Holy Spirit praying, and the Father saying, yes, amen, yes, amen. Get into that prayer meeting and just start praying what they're praying. That's intercession. Intercession. Some people call intercession, call, they get these confused, like they start begging in intercession. Intercession is not supplication. It's not begging. It's more of a courtroom type thing. It's more of a, I have a legal right to be here. I'm hearing the legal recommendation of the highest court there is, and I'm going to release that on the earth. That's intercession. A lot of people intercede by way of travail and begging and things like that. That's not intercession. It's not. They're different. They're different on purpose. I think everything in your Bible is there on purpose. That's just my opinion. You know? I think it's important. So this can mean to approach someone with a complaint, to plead for someone in trouble, but it is different than the travailing, begging thing of supplicating. It is different. It's this, I am literally going to go consult with the highest courts, and I'm going to say yes to whatever they have to say about this. Okay? So, uh, really interesting to me is actually in the classical Greek, uh, this word intercession is actually used for lightning striking someone. For being struck by a lightning bolt in classical Greek, same word, okay? So when you go into the Lord's prayer meeting and you hear what heaven is praying and you consult with them and say, should I pray what you're praying? Yeah, and they say, yeah, that's a good idea. And you say what they're saying, you do what the Father's doing, you say what the Father's saying, you consult, you are literally like throwing lightning bolts into people's lives, Holy Ghost lightning bolts, just crazy, powerful. And then it says thanksgivings. That one is something we do here all the time. We actually do it first. We want to give thanks. So we enter his gates of thanksgiving, right? So your prayer life should look like you entreating God, pouring yourself out, begging, going before the Lord, communing, meeting in consultation and releasing, and being thankful for all that he's giving in that moment and all that he's given. That's what your prayer life should look like. Is that a little bit deeper and wider than what it looks like already? Like, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this day. Amen. <laughs> Listen, a lot of Christians don't know how to pray. And it's not your fault. The equippers have done a bad job. I'm sorry. I repent. We are going to do a better job. We're going to teach you how to pray. The disciples asked the Lord, said, teach us how to pray. It's deep. Not only that, but there's also praying in the spirit. And they're like, oh, God, here we go. Everybody's like, Ooh. here he goes. Getting controversial. It's not controversial. It's biblical. Let's get biblical. Ephesians 6.18 says, praying at all times in the spirit. Again, all there is pretty much all kinds of times, all seasons, continual. That doesn't mean you have to be praying in tongues right now, just in case anyone takes this literally. <laughs> Praying at all times in the spirit with all prayer and supplication. There's that word again. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. Again, you don't know all the saints, but you can supplicate for all the saints when you pray in the spirit. Because when you pray in the spirit, you're praying the perfect will of God. All right. This is the whole teaching in and of itself. But the Bible says, do not prohibit speaking in tongues. I'm just going to say it again. The Bible says, do not prohibit speaking in tongues. You're like, well, if there's a tongue, there has to be an interpretation. That's not praying in tongues. That's teaching in tongues. I don't have time for this, but you need it, apparently. You should not expect me to come up here and teach in a tongue and then walk away. No one would get anything. The point is, I speak the tongues of angels, 
between myself and God, and you don't understand it. That's one kind of tongue. Because you know there's various kinds of tongues. There's tongues of the day of Pentecost where they actually understood them in their own language. And then there's the tongues of angels where no one understands you, and you have to have interpretation. Some of the church has taken this hard line. I know, um, hopefully you're familiar with this, and I'm not just making things up in front of you. This hard line that we cannot speak tongues publicly. We cannot do tongues publicly. Because if you do it publicly, there has to be an interpretation. No, if you teach in a tongue, there must be an interpretation. Go read 1 Corinthians 14 in its entirety, slowly, in three translations, and come back to me, all right, before you talk. Before you send me that email. That's how I keep my inbox clear. <laughs> scare you. No, I'm kidding. This way it says in 1 Corinthians 14, 13 through 15, Paul said, therefore, one who speaks in a tongue should pray that he may interpret. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. What am I to do? I will pray with my spirit. In another place in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I thank God I pray in tongues more than all y'all. All right. He does. He makes that claim. I'm like, wow, it's a pretty bold claim. How do you know? Holy Spirit told him, I guess, while he's praying in tongues. I don't know. He says, I will pray with my spirit, but I will pray with my mind also. I will sing praise with my spirit, but I will sing with my mind also. He resolved to pray with his spirit before he's going to pray with his mind. We do this opposite. We do this the other way. We see an issue. We see a problem. We start using our brain, that little lump of meat between our ears, to try and, in prayer, solve it. Like, hey, God, this thing's going on. If you do A, B, and C, it'll get fixed. So do A, B, and C. I'm begging. I'm supplicating. Like the guy said, I am coming before you. You know? That's not how it works. It says, I will pray with my spirit, and I will pray with my mind also. Everything in your Bible is there on purpose, and in the order it's in on purpose. He says, I, what am I to do? I will pray with my spirit. That means you should pray in the spirit before you pray with your mind. And once you pray in the spirit, back up to the beginning of the verse, you should ask for an interpretation so that you know what you pray with your mind. Is this making sense? You need to start getting a download by praying in tongues, getting into his prayer meeting, and then ask for an interpretation so that you can agree with whatever you just prayed in English. And you can, your mind will be fruitful that way. Are you seeing this? Is this making sense? And you're like, I don't have a prayer language. Fear not. We have a prayer team that's going to come up here later. And you can walk right up to them and say, I want to receive a prayer language. They will lay hands on you and pray. And we will release you to speak in tongues, to pray in tongues. Sound good? No one's going to give you a microphone. You're not going to teach anybody. It's between you and God. If you start saying something that's in someone's language and they understand you, please tell us. That'll be cool. All right? But the point is we should not prohibit speaking in tongues come into a situation, you should start praying in tongues. You should pray in your spirit before you pray with your mind. Does that help anybody? I mean, it's such an important order. And let us do everything. I love this. I'm just quoting Clint Ferris. He, he said, at the end of that, he says, let all things be done in decent and orderly fashion. He said, I fear that in order to be decent and orderly, we have not let all things be done. Let all things be done. He talks about praying in tongues. Miracles, healings, prophecies, all that stuff. He says, let all things be done in a decent and orderly fashion. Starts with let all things be done. Stop constricting, restricting, quenching the Holy Spirit. Amen? Let all things be done. Let them be done. It's the Lord who wants to do it. 
let him do it in a decent and orderly fashion. Amen? So, in this moment, and this is a risky business right here. This is risky right here. If anyone feels like they have a teaching in a tongue, according to the Bible, they should stand up, give that tongue, and then immediately there will be someone who has an interpretation. So don't drum that up right now because pressure's on, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, I'm going to try and get one now. Uh, I want to buy a Hyundai. I want to buy a Hyundai. You know. It says, as the Spirit gave them utterance. You understand? Okay, moving on quickly. There is a result. <laughs> there's a result to an active prayer life. There, there's fruit to this thing. If you go and, and dive into these things, you pray this way, these multiple ways, there's a result. It's, I just want to know what the result is because I'm kind of like a risk-reward guy. Anybody with me? I'm a goal-oriented person. I want to know what's going to happen if that happens. Well, it's Philippians 4, 4 through 7. It starts this way. It says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Kind of a paraphrase of that other passage there. Let your requests be known to God. And, say and. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How many want that? Yeah, the problem is we just pray for that and we don't do what it tells us to do. <laughs> Lord, let the peace of God cover. Just pray and I will guard your heart. Pray for them, I'll, I'll pray for you. Seriously, pray for them, all kinds of people, all kinds of authorities in these different ways and I'll take care of you. In fact, my, my dear friend Brian Simmons says, you're never more like Jesus than when you're praying for someone else. He ever lives to make intercession. I want the peace of God which surpasses understanding to guard my heart and mind, so I'm gonna pray for you. Is this helpful? Hope I'm giving you some weapons here. I do pray for you. If you ever catch me crying in here, it's because I'm praying for you. <laughs> I do. Matthew 7, 7 through 11, another just cause effect. I love it. I love how Jesus just makes mysteries plain for us sometimes. He said, ask and it'll be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock, and it will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, it will be open. Or which one of you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? If you then who are evil, pause. Everybody, pause. Read your Bible with your brain. Pause. This is before he goes to the cross. This is before the Holy Spirit is poured out, and everyone he's talking to is evil. But you don't get that excuse once you get the holy ghost. Yeah, the Holy Ghost removes all your sin excuses. See, people say, see, Jesus said, and then people would accuse me of saying, well, you're taking, you're saying Jesus's words don't matter. I'm saying they do matter. Who he said it to matters. When he said it matters. <laughs> what it means for them and us matters. So don't take that. See, I'm evil and I wouldn't give my son a, a snake. No, you don't have that excuse. You're no longer evil. Ha <laughs> ha. So sad. Too bad, so sad. I'd love to break it to you. You're actually ineffective and inactive for evil. According to Romans 6, verse 6. Ineffective and inactive for evil. You're a really bad sinner. You're bad at it. The last time you sinned and were good at it was before Jesus, I promise. 
I can find all sorts of denominations and theological positions and dispensationalists and reformed and all the, I can go charismatic crazy. I could ask any single Christian on the planet, when was the last time you sinned and were proud of it? Before Christ. The Holy Ghost must have come in there and you must not be that person that you used to be. The last time you sinned and felt like it was a good thing, like that was good. I'm glad we did that was before Christ. I've yet to find a Christian who dares to say, no, that's every time I sin. I'll find Christians who say, oh, no, I hate myself. It's terrible. I'm like, why? 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 Because it's an unnatural substance now. It's not supposed to go in there. Okay. That's all from If Then You Who Are Evil. That's an entirely different message series, but I don't want anyone. We have some new faces. I don't want you hearing me say you're evil. You're not. If you said yes to Jesus, you're a new creation. The evil part of you died. You're like, why do I keep acting this way? Maybe you believe you're still evil. As a man believes in his heart, so is he. Okay, I have to keep on. If you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Say much more. How much more will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Again, it's not about just asking for you. I'm not saying you can't pray for you. Please, that's great. But pray for them first. Love is selfless. Selfless. Amen? That's the result. Things are going to happen. Doors are going to open. I mean, we could come up here. We could, I, just my team could line up and do testimony after testimony, fill three days full of testimonies, seriously, on when we prayed and stuff happened. Because we were seeking God for seeking his will and trying to pray according to what he's praying, doing what the Father's doing, saying what the Father's saying. You know why Jesus had 100% healing rate? Because he only healed the ones he saw the Father healing. Why did he walk by a bunch of sick people? Because he had specific assignments from God. And he modeled a life for us. You're not supposed to pray for every sick person you meet. I'm in trouble. It's like, just take off the, take the plane off the tarmac and then not let it crash, try to land it here. My point is, if your heart is postured in that, God wants you to be a prayer, a walking, talking prayer closet that releases heaven on earth. It'll start with them, and it will start with what he's praying. And you'll actually believe you have access to him. You've been seated in Christ in heavenly places already. You have access to what he's praying. You're stressed out about your family? You need to get a prayer language. Let me tell you, I pray in tongues a lot. Maybe not more than all y'all, like Paul said, but a lot. I have prayed in tongues a lot this past year and a half with the pandemic. I, don't, I really do not make decisions without praying in tongues. Why? Because I believe what the Bible says. I'm uttering mysteries. And God is speaking to my spirit. My mind is unfruitful, but I say, okay, Lord, now what? Is this, is this practical? I hope it is. Start there. Start with what he's praying. Start with them, not yourself. And everything else will work out. Ask. The door will be open. Seek, and you will find. Would you stand with me? We're going to have our prayer team come up. Gigi, can you just play? I don't, I don't need you to lead a song. Just play for a second. We're going to have our supplication prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving team come up. <laughs> prayer is so flat. We got one word for this big thing. 
And today, if you're here and you don't even know who Jesus is, you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, this is, the opportunity is here. When we're done, in just a second, walk down here, talk to any, all of these people know him. They've experienced him. And they want you to know him. So, don't hesitate. If you don't have a relationship with God, let me help you. If you don't have a personal, thriving knowing that God loves you and you love God, if you don't know that God is not mad at you, he's madly in love with you, he thinks you're to die for, you need to come down to the altar and ask someone here, would you introduce me to Jesus? That's your opportunity today. But more than that, I want everyone, just everyone here, to close your eyes for me, hold your hand over your heart, and I just want you to start to process what it would look like to make supplication on behalf of your family, your workplace, your boss, our leaders in this country, to commune with God, to pray, to seek the Lord's face, to intercede, to release heavenly lightning bolts, and to break open paths for others, to give thanks to God. Just picture your life with an active prayer life like that. Just, just get an imagine, imagine it for a minute. And let's by faith believe that as we step into what you're seeing right now, we're gonna ask and it'll be answered. We're gonna seek and we're gonna find. We're gonna knock and the door's gonna be open. We're gonna pray according to the will of God. So right now, Lord Jesus, I release confidence into my brothers and sisters that when we pray according to your will, you hear us and respond. So God, I thank you for tools. I thank you for heavenly pathways, heavenly strategies to pray according to your will. And right now, Lord Jesus, I say, teach us to pray. Would you pray that with me? Lord, teach us to pray. Teach me to pray so that we might be effective, that we might be those with the solution. I pray, God, that it would thrust us into the harvest field, that we would be arrested by your spirit to stop for that person, to give that word because of our active prayer life. God, I thank you for the peace that you promised, guarding our hearts and minds. I thank you, Lord, for that promise coming through. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. If you need prayer, if you want an agreement, if you, you know, you want to make a prayer of agreement with someone, if you need to, I don't know, repent, if you need to confess something, these are here. I mean, I know that's kind of scary words in church, but they shouldn't be. It's a shame-free zone. If you've never received a tongue, a prayer language, come down. Okay, we're going to turn up these lights, and that's it. But say hello to one another, bless one another. First-time guests, please go to the Welcome Center and get your gift. But other than that, we love you, we bless you, we're going to play some music. Say hello, come get prayer. Don't leave here without encountering the Lord Jesus today. Amen. Bless you all. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place Tampa. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.